Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The T-Biz Podcast delivers a recap of the week's major T-News headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. T-Biz is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Think of us as a digital caravan of storytellers, bringing authentic, authoritative, and exclusive stories to you weekly from the tea lands. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. Sri Lanka abandons fertilizer ban for tea. Kenya's KTDA sets a minimum price for auction tea. And AVPA announces Teas of the World winners. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliftia Tea Estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. Tea growers convinced the Sri Lankan government to abandon import restrictions on agrochemicals imposed in May after demonstrating a marked decline in quality and yield. Plantations Minister Ramesh Patharana said the reversal comes in time to help growers responsible for producing $1.3 billion in annual exports. At a press conference in Colombo last week, he told reporters that imports of chemical fertilizer would continue until the island was able to produce sufficient organic fertilizer for food and cash crops. The announcement followed the arrival of a 30,000 metric ton shipment of potassium chloride from Lithuania that officials had labeled organic to circumvent the van. Business Insight Two-thirds of Sri Lanka's farmers support organic agriculture, according to a survey by Verite Research. But 90% currently use agrochemicals and 85% anticipated the overnight switch to organic fertilizers would lower yields by an average 47%. The more than 1,000 farmers who participated in the Farmer's Pulse telephone survey this summer said the transition should be gradual and that Sri Lanka needs a standardized supply of organic alternatives to combat weeds, pests, and adequately feed their plants. The Kenya Tea Development Agency last week announced a minimum reserve price of $2.43 per kilo for tea auctioned in Mombasa. The decision will stabilize persistently low prices during the past two years at the likely expense of export market share. India is the primary beneficiary. Azam Monem, director of McLeod Russell India, told reporters, quote, Due to Kenyan tea, we faced intense competition in worldwide markets, end quote. 
He said, we are in a better position to increase exports now that our prices are around 250 rupees per kilo, approximately $3.35, and Kenyan tea is around 200 rupees per kilo, about $2.65. KTH said output declined by 14% to 1.25 billion kilos in the 12 months through June, compared to last year's record output. Overall, Kenya tea exports increased by 19% to 298 million kilos, but auction prices averaged only $1.96 per kilo at Mombasa, which auctions teas from several East African countries. KTDA tea prices fell by 8% during the same period, averaging $2.18 per kilo. Kenya's export earnings during the past seven months fell to $700 million. In 2020, exports totaled $1.2 billion for the year. The agency expressed concerns about over-reliance on four export markets that generate 70% of sales in commodity-grade teas, pledging to produce more orthodox teas that bring a better price. Business Insight KTDA announced that it is abandoning legal action to prevent enactment of provisions of the 2020 Tea Act. Last winter, a group of directors at KTDA factories filed suit to prevent implementation of sections of the Act governing special elections. Fifty-five factories at their annual meetings in November will vote on a special resolution to withdraw the cases. The resolution is endorsed by Cabinet Secretary Peter Munya. AVPA's fourth annual Tees of the World competition awarded 133 medals this week, recognizing tees from 33 countries. The online ceremony in Paris awarded gastronomic recognition in two categories of tea, with separate juries evaluating Camellia sinensis, monovarietal, and herbal teas, blends, and scented teas. Prizes included 10 gourmet or gold medals and 25 silver and 25 bronze medals, with an additional 73 tees receiving an AVPA Certificate of Distinction. Three golds were awarded in the herbals and blends category, and seven golds in the Camellia sinensis categories. Taiwan Xu Jian Ulong Ti and Miao Li won two golds, one for Alpine Spring and the other for Madame Hakka. The Wang family in Beishong, Taiwan, earned a gold for its Wu Yi charcoal roasted oolong, and the Ti Ki Company in Nantou, Taiwan, earned gold for its Dongpian Siji Shun. Two teas from Darjeeling, India, also earned gold medals. Arya Diamond by EVS Professionals and Le Jardin de Gaia earned gold for its Himalaya Secret SFTG FOP1. A Korean green tea grown on Jeju Island by Wild Orchard also earned gold. In the herbals and blends category, pure chamomile by Loatre Tea, grown in Croatia, was awarded a gold medal, and Le Jardin Gaia won gold for its Rose de Damas tea from Iran. 
and Silicon Company from Greece won gold for its Cretan Mountain Tea grown on Tofio, Crete. See a complete list of winners on the T-Biz blog. Business Insight AVPA writes that despite the ongoing panic, there were more entries this year and from twice as many countries, including Laos, Madagascar, Peru, Portugal, Togo, Croatia, and Ecuador. Arvindan and Theraman in Bengaluru reports on India's tea auction prices. India Tea Price Report for the week ending 16th October 2021. This week, the focus was on production volumes and exports. Data from the Tea Board indicates a 14.4% decrease in export of tea between January and July 2021 as compared to the same period last year. The imports by the CIS countries, Iran and China have all decreased this year, while the UAE and the US remain the only countries showing an increase in imports. The non-availability of shipping containers and their high costs has been cited as one significant reason for this. Meanwhile, media reports indicate that with Kenya fixing the minimum reserve price of tea at $2.43 per kilo of processed tea at the Mombasa auction, the difference in price between Indian teas, which is between $3 and $4, and Kenyan teas has now narrowed to India's advantage. It has brought renewed interest from West Asia, Russia, Kazakhstan and the US for Indian black teas. In auctions this week, North Indian auctions were closed for the Hindu festival of Dasara, with the puja being one of the biggest annual celebrations in West Bengal and Assam. The auctions were held as usual in the south. 1,317 tons remained unsold, but the sold quantity was up by 2% from the previous week. And now, a word from our sponsor. Q-Trade understands that a successful tea blend goes beyond the creative fusion of appearance, aroma, and flavor. Our multi-award winning product development team is passionate about converting natural ingredients into sensory experiences that customers crave. Every recipe is formulated with a commercial backbone of dependable quality sourcing with a pricing structure that supports a safe, regulated, profitable, and scalable blend. Q-Trade meets every brand's retail, food service, and e-commerce need. For more information, visit our website QTradeTees.com. This week, TBiz travels to Calcutta, India, for an in-depth conversation with Harakat Harki Situ, Rainforest Alliance India's Consulting Program Coordinator for Sustainable Landscapes and Livelihoods. Harki is an expert in mechanical tea harvests. He makes a compelling argument for improving tea quality using labor hours gained on farms that invest in these time-saving machines. Mechanical harvesting gets a bad rap. This is because poorly trained operators using poorly maintained equipment damage bushes, lowering yield and leaf quality. The simple routines such as level trimming and a single long sweep in one direction over half the plucking plane produces excellent leaf. Innovations like creating a seasonal calendar to regulate plucking rounds and paying workers for the area they shear instead of by the kilo keep yields high. Smallholders sharing equipment who then use the many hours of labor saved during harvest for field maintenance and to complete agricultural chores like pruning, mulching, and weed abatement deliver leaf of exceptional quality to factories. 
Joining us today on uh, TDBiz podcast is Harky Sadhu from Calcutta, India. Welcome. My pleasure, Dan. Let's talk today about harvesting and mechanical harvesting in particular of tea. You're an expert in that category. And I thought we'd begin by just asking why we need harvesters. You know, most geographies where we are harvesting tea, we are running out of workers who will work on farms. As a result, what happens is the tea overgrows. And when the tea overgrows, you're not going to make quality. So we need to make sure that we stay on top of the plucking grounds. Now, the fear that people have is that if you bring in mechanical harvesting, you're replacing labor. But that's not what the idea is. Idea is to plug in that gap, the shortage. In some place, there will be 40%. Another place, there'll be 25%. Whatever the gap is, we are going to plug that gap. That's the whole idea of mechanical harvesting. Without that, we cannot manage today in more. You look at Sri Lanka, you look at Indonesia, India, China, everywhere. Everywhere you've got the issue coming up. Mechanical harvesting is required today because we are not being able to harvest by hand the crop that we need to harvest in time. So to keep on top, we need to introduce mechanical harvesting in addition to the hand plucking. How does harvesting by machine impact the tea bushes and processing? See, the difference between a harvester and hand plucking is that hand plucking, the plucker can selectively leave fish leaf and other leaf whenever required. Harvester, we go non-selective at a particular height. And the idea is to maintain that because if in a mechanical harvester, you go up and down, you will have problems with taking stock in. That's why we need to make sure that we change the whole uh, way we look at harvesting because it's non-selective, we need to make sure that we pluck at the predetermined level and that there's no maintenance foliage coming into the harvest. So for that, we need to set the table straight. If we don't adjust these techniques, we will lose crop. You see a lot of photographs of people using harvesters and they keep going over the bush like this, you know, like in a snake formation. Every time you are doing that, there are portions of which you are double cutting. So we don't recommend that. And also, it's very difficult to maintain your level. Harvesters are not the same as hand plucking. So we need to adjust our operations to make sure that all the idiosyncrasies of the harvester are taken care of by our adjusting our operations accordingly. Could you talk about the economics of mechanical harvesters? You don't need discussion on it. It is so simple. There are three basic types of harvesting that we do. One is hand plucking, of course, which we have been doing for ages. Then is the shears. The shears were introduced. They are like scissors, and we call them semi-mechanical harvesters. So these were introduced. And then the third one is, of course, the mechanical harvesters, which are the bigger machines. Some are single-man operated, some are double-man operated. Now, if you look at the economics, the kilograms plucked per man day by hand plucking might give you 30 kilograms. The shear harvesting might give you 38 or 39 kilograms. 
the mechanical harvester will give you 150 to 100, 115 to 120 or 125 kilograms, depending on the field, right? So that's the difference straight away. So there is a 20 to 23% saving on man days when you are doing shear harvesting. There is a 74 to 75% saving on man days when you are doing mechanical harvesting. What is happening is many governments, many organizations are realizing the need of this. But the basic subsidy is required for the mechanical harvesters because they are much more expensive. Now, the question comes on, can a smallholder afford a mechanical harvester which costs a lot of money, even if he's getting a subsidy? The answer is yes. So what we do is we get two of them to purchase a harvester. Now, his requirement of that harvester might be only a day. He can cover his area. So what, uh, they will charge the rest of the farmers around to do the harvesting for them and charge them per area, whatever area they've got. So the other farmers don't need to employ workers. Their cost comes down. And the one who's bought the harvester makes money and recovers his cost. In plantations and in smallholders, smallholders a little more, but in plantations, the return on investment is seven to eight months. That's why we encourage people to go in for mechanical harvesting. The life of the harvester, we consider two years. So after two years, they cannibalize the few harvesters to make into a new one and buy a new one. The smallholder actually has always an issue with money. As soon as you tell him it costs so much, he says, oh my God. So then they go in for cheap harvesters, which actually are half the price, but create double the damage. Mm. Your quality goes down, your crops go down, the life of the harvester is shorter, so you're buying a new one. So we encourage them to follow certain principles on maintenance and to buy good equipment. Pay for it and it'll pay for itself. Quality has often been questioned when the use of mechanical harvesters is involved. Will you talk to us about why quality does not suffer when one uses a mechanical harvesting strategy? The quality actually improves. I'll tell you why. One is you are getting good leaf. Huh? You can get very fine leaf. You decide on the target of your leaf. Most of the time in hand plucking, by default, the leaf is becoming longer because you can't harvest on time. So everything is based on the target shoot. You know, I might say that in second flush in Assam, you can do it in 10 days or nine days, uh, October. But every place is different. We tell them, you take your target shoot. As you're reaching the target shoot, harvest. When it reaches again, harvest and keep recording the time. This becomes your calendar for next year. So once you've done it for a year, you've got a very clear calendar that I'm going to be nine days here, 10 days here, 12 days at this time, and 13 days to round off the season. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's so much easier. The harvester buys you all that labor time. It buys Absolutely. you that labor time back to invest 74 in drainage. 74 to 75% saving on labor. <clears throat> yeah. 
when you are calculating the gap you include in this gap all other cultural practices that you should be doing during that period otherwise what he does is everyone is on harvesting no other job is being done if you do mechanical harvesting by just putting a harvester in place to remove the leaf which is on top of a bush your quality will suffer you have to alter many things like i talked about unidirectional harvesting making sure that you are not taking any maintenance foliage in your harvest keeping the level not going on to kilograms per harvest um, per man now the biggest problem is they put the machine in and they are paying that man per kilogram so he takes it a little deep because it's the total kgs so then the leaf doesn't come back for another 3 weeks because he's done a light skiff so you know it's a, a chaos so in 3 months time the man's machine goes back into the godown broken because he hasn't taught maintenance so adjustment of blades oiling of blades how often do you do it if you don't do that they overheat when they overheat they damage your bush and the stock left behind if you overcome these which are just training which is trying to understand what this machine is capable of doing and how you can alter your operations based on this machine it'll give you quality fantastic quality intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast would you like to learn more from our global network of tbiz journalists and tea experts remember to visit the tbiz website for more comprehensive coverage that's www.t-bizbiz .com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand, and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.